This is the Pro-AV Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on market scale. Nowadays, we put a lot of AV on the ones and zeros. They want more features, but they want to see less hardware. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Market Scale Pro-AV Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. So if you've been following along with our podcast, you'll know that I was at Infocom 2019 this year. Uh, You probably saw some of the podcasts, um, some of the content, the video content or write-ups that we posted on our website. And honestly, it was a wowing show, an unforgettable experience for me. It was really focused, fun, educational, inspirational, and the technology that was showed off at this year's Infocom, I think really gave us a look at which trends matter to AV professionals. And for today's podcast, I wanted to bounce off some of what I saw to two industry leaders who attended the show themselves, getting their perspectives on tech trends, educational beats, and what integrators and manufacturers are looking to get out of Infocom every year. So I'm pleased to welcome Brian Hinckley, president of Electrosonic, and Maurizio Capuzzo, CMO of Electrosonic. Brian, Maurizio, welcome. How are you both doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you both on. Um, You know, the show this year really hit on a lot of educational topics, some that your colleagues even brought up on a previous podcast with Electrosonic. Uh, We'll get into that in a little bit. The future of AV and theme park rides and retail. Super exciting stuff. Um, But before we do that, I want to just pick your brains a bit on what you thought of the feel, the aesthetic of the show, specifically the booths, Uh, because there were some really cool booths. I've got a favorite of mine, but before I indulge myself with that favorite, I want to hear from both of you. So let's start with Brian. Um, Brian, what was your favorite booth at the show? What really stood out to you? It's really tough to pick just one. There were a a bunch of booths that were uh, quite uh, exciting, interesting, full of all kinds of new technology. But the one of them that really stuck out for me was the Epson booth. They were uh, not only showing off their new short throw lens that allows them to project in really tight uh, areas and corners and things like that, but I really like the content. And they partnered up with Float 4 to do almost uh, a museum interactive and art art display of content. And in Infocom, as you know, and if you've ever been there, there just seems to be so much light and color and flashy content. that It was nice to really kind of go into that booth and see something different. So I really yeah. commend Epson on what they did there. Um, I think there were a couple others that stuck out for me. Sony has their incredible C-LED display that always creates an incredible picture. I kind of call that the Rolls Royce of the audiovisual technology world at Infocom. Uh, I think Samsung had some, uh, was kind of interesting with their wall that's competing with Sony's displays. LG had the cool curved uh, wall. So, Oh yeah, that one's so cool. So, um, you know, there, there was just, a uh, a lot of a lot of great booths, um, and but for me, I think Epson was the one that really stood out for me. How about for you, Maurizio? Well, similar to you, Brian, <clears throat> visited many of those uh, um, booths and uh, vendor. Uh, you mentioned many of them. Uh, I would say also on the audio, I enjoyed the QSC and uh, the Christie Digital. But the one that uh, personally stood up uh, for me, uh, you mentioned that was the LG booth. Uh, was very packed. Uh, uh, I think uh, for sure that uh, curves of nature, that uh, uh, immersive experience with uh, more than 80 uh, OLED uh, 
um, you know, frames uh, bent into shapes uh, that form a, a waterfall was was very cool. But um, what stood out for me in that booth uh, was um, how they integrated uh, transparent transparent uh, OLED technology um, with uh, uh, real uh, with reality or objects uh, and. Uh, show how you could have uh, through these uh, uh, transparent uh, OLED, uh, um, you know, kind of a augmented reality or an application right. to show uh, the depth and the 3D uh, aspects. And that has incredible, uh, you know, to me created a, an incredible wow moment. And I could see a lot of uh, possible application for museums uh, uh, retail indoor and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I also loved the transparent LEDs. Um, the The example they had there, I think, was a mannequin with a nice, like, big brimmed hat and a summer dress, and the transparent LED was in front of that mannequin, and it was splashing water and showing summery flowers, and it was very immersive, but... I was thinking, okay, maybe this could be taken one step further. Imagine this transparent LED, you know, you go up and you see this clothes and you maybe key in something where you want to see what that looks like with a scarf. You want to see what that looks like with a gold bangle on the wrist. The transparent LED then projects that onto the mannequin and boom, you get that really immersive retail experience, Maurizio, that you were just talking about. So yeah, I think the applications are pretty limitless there. Yeah, no, it was great to see that. That was actually maybe one of my surprises because I don't know if you remember, but there was a couple manufacturers that were making those transparent LEDs a couple of years ago and there were some... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, some technical issues and and for whatever reason they they left the market and so it left a void and it looks like uh, LG and I think I saw one at Planar as well they now uh, have have figured out some of those technical limitations and created a new generation product which looks to be way more stable and uh, really start to blend that that AR mixed reality uh, multi-purpose um, a layered display type effect which uh, it was just really exciting so it was good to see yeah. Yeah, also, I, I enjoyed a lot um, in the booth of the micro-LED uh, technology. You know, there was, uh, I think, uh, in the size of uh, uh, 50 inch micrometers, uh, almost the, half the size of a human hair. And that's incredible, right? Because uh, really, uh, as you pointed out, uh, you can then apply it to almost anything and make it so thin and uh, effective for any possible space and environment. So, okay, we just listed a ton of technology, um, but I want to get your perspectives on which of those technologies really matter to the industry. You know, which of them is going to have the biggest impact. So, um, regardless of booth, even if we're just talking, maybe it was the most uninteresting booth at the show, but they had some of the most powerful technology there. Which technology that you saw at Infocom do you think is really going to be at the forefront of the next five, ten years of AV? For me, I think it was really the Christie Solid State Projector laser technology. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, I, I think, you know, you look at Infocom and, and a few years ago, it wasn't that long ago that only half the projector, that there was really the transition between lamp-based projectors to uh, solid state and laser phosphor and things like that uh, that has really changed the whole projection market but i think as we get newer newer brighter light sources 
um, that some of which can be found in these new Christie projectors that are now small enough and totally encased in single units. I think you're going to see just more and more uh, interesting applications of light in new and different ways. It allows you to point and set up the projectors in different directions. You're going to have much more complex uh, projector mapping on complex surfaces. So to me, that was probably one of the, the newest, biggest um, uh, changes that I saw on the floor that's really going to continue to uh, grow over time. And I think more and more manufacturers are also playing catch up to get there um, and we'll have different solutions. Yeah, I would echo that. Uh, definitely the uh, Dig uh, Christie Digital with uh, that uh, um, you know technology of uh, uh, all-in-one laser projectors um, and they had different uh, uh, variety of that. Uh, the Fed, they had also some rugged eyes that uh, could be really put and placed in, in different uh, uh, spaces and changing uh, all the time. Of course, then the other piece that uh, I believe, uh, well, we, we, we have been hearing about AK since you know many years. The interesting thing is that they are becoming a little bit more affordable. Um, and um, therefore, there will be definitely a, a lot of, uh, um, you know, um, tr uh, evolution there as uh, soon as also the AK from an application perspective will work. And uh, I also, as I come from uh, my previous experience as well from uh, the collaboration space, uh, I don't know, Brian, I saw a lot of... Uh, enhancement uh, with uh, the video conference, uh, remote management uh, of different devices, as well as, uh, you know, collaboration really to uh, to have a different uh, uh, application uh, in, in corporate spaces to integrate all those technology like uh, flip charts uh, that uh, allow, um, you know, digitally to share content uh, and uh, stuff of that nature. Uh, that was uh, pretty pretty cool as well. I'm honestly really glad you brought that up because that was one of the sessions that I attended. Um, I was at a, a particular one on BYOD implementation, um, and it it really brought to my attention the expectation that employees now have from their workplaces with their tech and their content. You know, they're able to cast with with Google Chrome or, um, you know, on a Fire Stick, just about anything they want under their television now. And everything is smart and it's integrated under one hub. They want that same kind of efficiency in their workplace. And some of the challenges that I heard in that session were these prosumer options aren't really cut out for an enterprise solution. We need something that's more powerful, more reliable, that can handle uh, larger pieces of content. And another point that was interesting to me is when they asked them, hey, let's everyone raise your hand if you think wireless presentation solutions are the most important part of a collaborative um, workspace or, or huddle room or something in the workplace. Uh, not that many people raised their hands. And it was uh, it was kind of unfairly matched up against just a generic audio and generic video, which both are necessary for you to have a good collaborative uh, session. But it kind of gave me the read that maybe not too many AV professionals are 
taking this market seriously enough. Uh, did, do you feel anything like that since you've been in AV? Do you think there's more opportunity for, um, for wireless presentation solutions to be taken hold of by the industry? In my opinion, I think people just want their audiovisual solutions to work. Yeah, It doesn't matter if it's wireless or if you have to plug in one cable. It just has to work. You don't want to fight with the sound. You want to put your presentation up. You want to be able to collaborate. You want to do this quickly and easily. So whatever we can do as experts to reduce that friction for the end user so that they can do their job and focus on their job, I think is better off for us and for the industry. So I think we're going to see more and more solutions that support that reduction of friction. Maybe it is wireless. Maybe it is multiple USB-C cables or, or who knows what it could be. But I think that that at the end of the day, people just need their technology to work. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, there were uh, different vendors that had solution in, in that, uh, uh, space uh, you mentioned exactly the prosumer and I think the fact that actually uh, many of these technologies are uh, um, taking uh, more uh, a consumer or prosumer uh, perspective I think is all good it's great for the industry uh, you know for example even on uh, you know uh, Samsung had these uh, um, for example these uh, wall uh, uh, luxury uh, LED wall for home. Uh, I think that the more the, even the consumer, as an example, will adopt uh, audiovisual in their daily life, then will demand it as today is in in our business life with uh, iPhone or Samsung or you know or uh, the the smartphones that we bring uh, to work. That also that expectation uh, of uh, having the information at your fingertips to be consumed through an effective, simple, easy-to-use audiovisual system is, is key. So th that is not only from a presentation perspective, that's the point I want to make, but I saw the whole industry really going into that uh, consumerization as well uh, to make it uh, price accessible and therefore more pervasive into the consumer audiences that also will contribute to transform the commercial application as well either in corporate spaces or you know in museum or entertainment as brian was saying Maurizio, you're doing these uh, these great little segues for me um, because, honestly, the next point I was going to bring up is about that experience economy. So it's almost like, did you read my notes? <laughs> you. Right. Um, but, yeah, basically, I think the thing that stood out to me the most was this emphasis on the experience economy and how AV fits into that. Uh, I went to one session on the future of retail and how it's becoming retailtainment. Um, I also went to a session on the future of theme parks, how AV uh, is powering the future theme park and some of the places they're pulling inspiration from. And it really, I think it really went to show how much brick and mortar just in general has evolved. Uh, people don't leave their couch for convenience anymore. They go for the experience because they can order whatever they want conveniently online, and in the case of Amazon, they might even get it same day delivered. So, why leave, right? Well, no, you leave now for the experience. You leave for something that you can't get at home, 
and it feels like AV has a lot of opportunity here. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to ask, did you guys see anything at Infocom that really spoke to this trend of the experience economy, and do you, th- do you really see this as a driving trend for AV professionals? Yeah, I think there's a huge trend and opportunity. The thing that I think that's really important is that it's not about the audiovisual technology. It's about mm. the story and that experience that people are trying to to create. So if you don't have a strong story or compelling environment to attract those people outside of their house, they're not going to come even though it's the most coolest, best technology out there. So I think that's something that's always that sometimes people come to Infocom and we work with some clients over the years that I I want this, you know, this magic uh, thing or look at the specs on this or we need 4K or 8K. What are you trying to do? What's the story you're trying to do? What's the experience What's the feeling that you're trying to create for your customers? And so that really has to come in play. Um, for for me on the technology side, there's just more and more LED that's becoming a finer and finer pitch, more affordable. So it allows you to put bright displays, larger, bigger, in different places. So I think there's a... Um, there's just the application of that technology that's coming in the, the place that allows professionals like us to work with creatives, architects, designers, and owners to find complete solutions to create those memorable experiences. Yeah. Right. And I would echo that uh, also saying that uh, the focus on experience, uh, it's a great uh, opportunity um, you know, in the industry because it's not about the technology, as Brian was saying. Uh, that is also what can mitigate the chance uh, of uh, commoditization, right? Uh, and uh, actually bring uh, the true value add because, yeah, it's the specification of the technologies uh, that you do, but based on what's the story that we you want to tell. So the, the, the important thing is that people, uh, you know, customers and partners, you know, um, designer, architects uh, who work with us really care about the why and how and and the problem that we uh, we help the customer to solve through the story that's why you know we as a, a system integrator we, we really uh, fuse uh, technology with architecture and storytelling really bringing that conversation um, and helping the customer to to convey that message right that is differentiated and and that's that's absolutely a critical uh factor yeah and you know i think av has always been about the experience or you know at least that's what they bring to whatever project they're working on whether it's a live show whether it's a video wall in a lobby you know it's all about amplifying the experience and I think it's great to see other industries embrace that idea of the experience because, um, you know, yeah, I think AV professionals were just naturally on top of that. And it gives them an opportunity to become those creative directors and to be in the room from the beginning, chatting with Brian, like you said, the architects, the the designers, the owners of these companies and having a voice in that room. That's It's powerful for the industry. Yeah, and that goes, uh, you know, from, uh, as Brian was mentioning, in, you know, that experience in educating, in education or entertaining, but then it's uh, in the way you can find information, uh, wayfinding, or how you leverage uh, or use the facade 
uh, you know, uh, uh, as well as a vehicle uh, to communicate something to your uh, audience, right? So there was uh, actually, I, I think I saw there at Infocon Layer had this uh, uh, LED uh, facade, very easy to mount with uh, a magnetic uh, uh, jointer that make it easy and uh, you can replace uh, each of those LED in a simple way. Uh, they they are very durable with uh, the uh, overall uh, cold or different rain temperature. So I think the industry is recognizing more and more uh, the need uh, for uh, you know uh, channeling uh, these these uh, story uh, and the messaging that the customer wants to um, you know convey. Uh, and uh, technology is one way where that can be augmented. One hundred percent. And speaking of the technology, um, of the technologies that are most used in this experience economy, so we're talking digital displays, we're talking maybe VR headsets, uh, maybe immersive smart speakers, which of these technologies do you think is going to play into the experience economy trend the most? Uh, which is going to be the most valuable, you think? Well, I would say that uh, most probably, you know, it really depends the, uh, the type of technology from uh, the a type of story and content that needs to be tell, told. That's why uh, we really uh, put as a as a company a lot of emphasis, uh, you know, in uh, uh, design and consulting the right technology that can serve and specify the right technology for the different purposes and use. Uh, so it's all what you mentioned. Um, personally, I think uh, that there will be a continued evolution there. Uh, in in all that uh, technology, uh, of course, audio uh, really still plays a big, a big, uh, um, you know, um, role in that uh, because uh, you know it's uh, it's the the ability and the capability to hear well from any position or being focused in your hearing uh, with uh, audio pods and so forth is is also a critical. Um, you know, uh, type of uh, uh, aspect. And, you know, I was really impressed by the QSC booth uh, where they had a lot of enhanced technology from that perspective as well. Brian, yeah. any thoughts on your end? Yeah, I'm, I'm really struggling. I agree with you, Maurizio. I'm struggling, though, one technology right now. I, I think there's probably technologies that are, don't even exist today that are going to <laughs> be out there uh, probably relatively quickly to, to help with that whole uh, experience and, and uh, interactive augmented reality type space. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, I also don't want to put too much emphasis on the technology here because, right. I, I mean, personally, I have two young children. Uh, my wife likes to joke that Steve Jobs is the worst man to humanity for inventing the <laughs> iPhone because these things, the, these devices are, are digital crack for our kids. Mm -hmm. So we're yeah. constantly looking for experience that are out of the home that are, are without technology. So I think you're going to see a lot of trends, but in that, I think there's going to be a uprising. You're seeing this as, as even retailers are trying to compete, like you said earlier, Daniel, uh, with creating these environments or these spaces and you're seeing uh, you know, shopping malls modernized and having a bunch of different displays. So I think you're going to see uh, a combination of technology, both visual and audio technology, creating spaces that people want to go and visit and have 
experience together with their family and friends. And keeping that in mind, uh, I think is really important. And from that, I believe there's going to be, we'll be able to use existing technology and new technologies in new different ways to support that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, when the, when the technology isn't the focus and it instead blends in with the overall experience, I think that's where it's going to be most useful. And I mean, honestly, the fact that you're bringing up people want experiences that are unique and exciting that don't feel like, oh, they're there just for the technology. It's interesting because from the conversations I had at Infocom, um, you know, a lot of theme parks are taking inspiration from theater, actually, for how they immerse their people. I mean, take Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, for example. They put so much effort into giving each person that's there a role that they had to study, act, completely become, and they're part of a world. So when you go, yes, the technology is totally immersive, but even more so the people are immersive too. And it's it's that balance of both. The people, the architecture, the right. food, the smells, the music. I mean, it's a complete holistic environment and yeah. unique and different space. So there's going to be more and more of that. Yeah. Um, and, and you see that in museums and architecture and, and retail and all these different vertical markets. Yeah. Yeah, and even, yeah. even, even in the, the commercial and office buildings and, and look at the trends in office buildings and how those have changed and different uh, lobby experiences uh, that have a lot of LED displays, one solution for that. But I, I think creating that space and environment is really compelling to human nature and we'll continue to use technology to support that. And I think uh, that's where the opportunity, you know, that's also uh, fr from our point of view, right, what a technology chef uh, can do in order to uh, create the right uh, type of uh, experience. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, so that you integrate different technologies that are available today or the one that will be made available tomorrow because another important aspects that uh, will help to integrate and interact uh, and have those uh, immersive experience will be in, in time also AI, artific artificial intelligence, uh, understanding the data uh, that uh, is produced by all those uh, sensors that now exist in uh, any environment, either corporate space or office or a museum or uh, a theme park, and how you bring all those technology integrated into a system that you know provides value and uh, augment uh, you know the type of experience, enhance those experiences uh, themselves. So it's a really an incredible. Uh, time uh, for for that, this experience economy, as uh, you pointed out. Yeah, couldn't agree more. All right, next topic, and this was from another session I attended. Um, this was one that wasn't necessarily just for AV professionals, though it was presented in a context for AV professionals. And it was a session by um, the man himself. His name is Nairi Hollingsworth. He is a basically a customer service expert, and his entire session was an open discussion with people. It was very interactive, and it was focused on navigating difficult customer conversations. Um, it was really fun 
and it was great to you know kind of role play a little bit and kind of examine what are some of the main issues that come up when you have a problem with a client and you know it's something that all of us face sometimes someone has a bad day sometimes there's a miscommunication and maybe the account rep or maybe the client is just not in the best mood that can escalate conversations for projects and turn them into real pain points for the future of that relationship or just that project. Um, so I guess I wanted to get y'all's perspective on that, though. You know, for, for AV specifically, I think the industry has really taken on a more consultative role, meaning that I think more AV professionals are needing to be capable of having those productive conversations with clients, not just the account representatives. So have y'all felt that shift too in the industry? And uh, if you have, how have you seen the industry try to better train its professionals on those human, more like psychological interactions? Yeah, I, I think there's more and more technology in everybody's life. And the expectation is it just works all the time. And sometimes when you're putting right. it in, there's problems and there's challenges. And, and I think the difficulty th is for employees, both on uh, the integrator side or on the designer side and on the end user client side of this technology doesn't always work or does, may not meet all the specs that it might have said in the cut sheet or something like that, especially when you're creating new applications that are different and trying a, a twist on things. There's, all kinds of challenges that come up. And at the end of the day, it's really an art form and experience about how you communicate that to the, the customer. Uh, and you, you got to stand by the technology. You have to stand by the solution and make it right. Um, I, I laugh. I had a conversation not too long ago with a customer who was complaining about how they had to replace 12-year-old uh, equipment. And I kind of looked at him and I said, so that cell phone you use, have you used that for 12 years? <laughs> how about your computer? Is that 12 years old? How about the cable TV box? I don't, how about the television in your house? Is that 12 years old? No, no, no. Well, this stuff ages and there, it's not doesn't last forever. Uh, and sometimes it's got to be replaced. It's got to be maintained. You got to put oil. Uh, you got to change the – put air in the tires, put gas in the car. Same right. sort of thing with technology. You have to maintain it and take care of it. And the expectation that this works all the time and things never crash just isn't true. We got to work together to make sure that um, the end users understand that. And in fact, be yeah. told, I think guests actually understand that. As long as you're proactive and open and are able to, to repair uh, something, that an exhibit that's down. I know it's very frustrating. We talked a little bit in the corporate space about you know presentations that don't work, right? That's, that's where it becomes frustrating and systemic and when you have a big presentation going on just that you're already under enough stress stress and pressure and then to add on well is it going to work um let me tell you from personal experience <laughs> right. it is incredibly frustrating and completely causes you to lose focus so again another example how we, it's important for us as professionals is putting these technology systems together that work reliably and take the pain and suffering out because we also have to remember, I think the other thing that from my perspective and our employees that I often have to remember, remind people in our industry is that not everybody is an AV technologist, right? That's why they're hiring us for our expertise. So we have to help coach and explain to our customers, uh, how this works, how it, you know, why it's working, not working, how it's going to get fixed, how we're going to remedy it, and how they're going to continue to be successful and, and use this technology. Yeah. 
easier that's, said than done, but yeah. that that's that's <laughs> kind of the overall methodology yeah. in my mind. But I think that, uh, as uh, was pointed out, that uh, this uh, shift is happening in the industry. First of all, I noticed a lot of young uh, pro AV professionals. I don't know if you both noticed, uh, you know, uh, uh, both I millennials. saw a lot of old ones as well. <laughs> yes, but I saw a lot of, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, below uh, below forty years old uh, and uh, millennials. Uh, uh, pro AV, which uh, I think also that will foster that uh, uh, change. And, um, y- you know, I think, as you pointed out, the focus of the conversation is not anymore on the product, it is more on the why and the what uh, you want to accomplish. And uh, even on the, ser- you know, on the, on the services side. Uh, so, therefore, I see a shift in that uh, kind of what I, like to call it the experiential design or the experiential technology. And, uh, you know, actually our sales, we, we don't call anymore our account manager, account manager, they are experiential technology advisor, right? Because they, mm-hmm. they really provide that uh, consultative, uh, they, they try to understand what the customer wants, what their critical uh, business issues, what the pain points uh, and what they need, uh, and and how we can help uh, to specify the right technology to solve that problem, or to have a more um, robust, more qualitative conversation with the customer, with the guest, uh, with the audiences they want to engage. So now to get the insight more on y'all's experience and less on what I saw, uh, Maurizio, I know you gave your own session at Infocom 2019, and it was on XR technology. So, uh, you know, mixed reality, augmented reality, virtual reality, all the realities. How did that go, and what were the big takeaways? Um, you know, how did your session apply to some of the bigger trends in AV that we saw at Infocom 2019? Yeah, uh, thank you for asking that. That was, uh, first of all, uh, a lot of fun and many questions. Uh, uh, and it was uh, a, a kind of uh, one defining uh, the trends uh, in this industry uh, in terms of uh, <clears throat> you know the the uh, virtual reality or you know computer simulated reality versus the uh, augmented reality or mixed reality where i think actually makes more meaningful um, as we were talking about experience, because you combine the elements of a real and a virtual environment, creating basically a new world or a digital layer to a reality that exists, right? And uh, and then the object interacts with, uh, you know, data or information that, uh, um, you know, that uh, you wouldn't experience otherwise. Uh, and... Uh, and I think that was uh, created a lot of uh, interest uh, for sure. The business uh, and uh, the the, uh, the fact that uh, you know the market is growing uh, uh, in 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 adoption uh, in uh, in all the major I would say industry, uh, not only of course in government or medical and manufacturing, but as well in as you can imagine, in, in retail and in tourism and so forth. So it's it's really the, the opportunity to, again, to leverage another new technology 
integrate with existing one to to create uh, something new in terms of uh, the experience, right? Because it's that provisioning of that wow moment uh, to make uh, a, a memorable experience, right? So because these uh, these technologies remove barriers of uh, space and time, we were talking about uh, e-games, uh, right? But, you know, that uh, reality, now you could also follow your team and have the same experience or very soon of uh, <laughs> being in the, in the stadium and uh, cheers for your team and have the same, uh, um, you know, very soon the same experience that you could have at the stadium, uh, but being, uh, you know, maybe at, you know, 5,000 miles away as my soccer team is in Italy, as an example, right? Uh, or, you know, seamlessly access data and so forth. So that was the conversation. Uh, of course, there is a lot of... Uh, um, development in there and in terms of machine learning and artificial intelligence advancement that could uh, that is more and more intertwining with uh, uh, you know all the existing technologies. So and it's all again based on the uh, extended experience or the experience that can be created, right? Uh, so that uh, new cognitive applications in advertising on the uh, point of sales, of course, in engineering and manufacturing, services and product or a complex uh, wafer, uh, you know, equipment that costs millions of dollars where you can uh, overlay iPad and uh, do video conference by overlaying data about how that uh, particular core of uh, or element of that specific equipment uh, needs to be serviced as an example, right? Uh, uh, and then to dynamic content advertising, because now we have sensors, we have smartphones. So in a mall, we will see very soon, almost like in, you know, in Minority Report or Blade Runner movies, what was pitched many years ago, that type of technology interacting with the needs at the individual or social level as well. And, you know, I could walk in a mall and... Uh, they know because of my social footprint uh, and digital footprint uh, that this is Maurizio and I love Starbucks and can tell me on, on a display, <laughs> right, that, hey, your Starbucks shop is there. And by the way, your Nike gear, uh, it's uh, around the corner, right? Leveraging the same technology that we would put in, this, in those areas for security, right, and surveillance, mm -hmm then bring further information recognizing uh, you know the GPS or the signal or as well as uh, facial recognition because that is already something that exists today in the marketplace so AI uh, uh, virtual reality mixed reality is going to be a part of this transformation of that experience uh, you know uh, or in our daily life so you think about in a you know, in a theme park entertainment, uh, um, you know, uh, if, if a child uh, gets lost because uh, uh, of the crowd uh, can be through uh, big data and uh, the, the video sensors find uh, the information about where what that uh, kid uh, with uh, blue trouser and red shirt uh, has been seen and so forth, right? These are example of application that... Uh, really will enhance the experience and make everything more secure and consumable from a 
uh, guest experience perspective. How far out do you think are we from that reality where you know we're we're seeing at least something close to a minority report level kind of immersion where we interact with stuff like you said at, at the theme park and retail places everywhere yeah i i think uh, you know it's a matter of uh, um like everything of uh, the right uh, pricing but i know that uh, already we, we are already working with uh, vendors that uh, have this type of uh, uh, capabilities right uh, from a censoring uh, or from a video surveillance and uh, and uh, ai data so as an example so i it's there it's a matter of uh, you know, again, as Brian was saying earlier, understanding what is the problem we are solving and what is the type of application that can be used, then this type of technology exists. It's what police, you know, police uh, use today uh, when they are video recording uh, and trying to protect us as uh, as individuals. All right, y'all. I feel like we've covered basically everything here at Infocom. I mean, of course, there was plenty of other technology that we didn't get to talk about today, um, but I feel like we've covered quite a bit, so I'm going to go ahead and call it for today's conversation. But just one last question for both of y'all. Um, you know, an important trend that I think we've talked about today is not focusing on the technology, but instead focusing on how technology plays into a larger ecosystem, whether that's in the experience economy or the workplace or even in just your interactions as a client and a um, and a company. So I guess, you know, I want to ask you what really stood out to you as representing that trend at Infocom 2019? Um, you know, did you see anyone really go above and beyond to showcase how their technology isn't really just about how cool their tech is, but about how it integrates with other aspects of our life? I would take that almost one level higher and bigger. And I was really reminiscing and thinking a little bit before we got together to have this chat today. You know, what what was really important to me at Infocom uh, and, you know, what was the cool technology? What was the great trends and all that kind of stuff? And we talked a little bit about that today. But at the end of the day, for me, Infocom is all about the people, right? Earlier yeah. in my career, I've been going to this show for 20 years. And you know, early in my career, I love to see the brightest new projector and the best sounding speaker and all this cool, what the cool new trends are and the best LED screen and all that kind of stuff. And yes, that's important. It's important for our customers. But the thing that really comes that I come away with is seeing all these people and, and friends that I've made over the years in the industry working together to help customers. Uh, and to me, that's that's what I really enjoy about Infocom is, is the camaraderie and, and the culture and the people. And, and just had a, a great time. And if you've never been to Infocom, you should go for that reason alone. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. How about for you, Maurizio? I would say I would echo that, uh, you know, uh, I think that – Technology in a year from now will continue to advance. New one, uh, new enhancement, uh, better pricing point, uh, um, new um, you know partnership uh, to make it easier. The, the, the I think the overall um, you know takeaway for me is really that uh, to have those conversations that count, uh, and that's a human factor. And two, uh, integrate technology in a way that is. Uh, simple, uh, easy to to use, uh, and uh, uh, you know that anyone uh, 
uh, really can uh, take advantage of that. At, uh, at, at Electrosonic, really, we take that seriously. We, we, we follow our you know, principle of uh, universal design in our experiences from equitability, flexibility, simplicity, intuitive uh, of use, uh, etc. So it's, it's a matter of the industry continue to that journey and, um, you know, leverage existing technology and the new one uh, that will become more affordable uh, to, to be used uh, to, to continue to enhance that experience. Totally agree. Well, Brian, Maurizio, thank you both so much for joining us on today's episode of the Pro AV Podcast. It was a pleasure getting to unpack your thoughts on Infocom 2019. And like I said, I mean, we spent almost an hour chatting on this, but there's still so much left to unpack. So we might need to bring you back on for, you know, once we're a few months removed, what is still remaining in that conversation? You know, what seems to hold over past the show and have a tangible effect on the future of the industry? We'll need to bring you back on for that conversation. But till then, Brian Hinckley, Maurizio Capuzzo, thank you both so much for joining us on the podcast. Thanks so much, Daniel. Lots of fun. Talk to you next time. Thank you for having us. Bye-bye. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode. And if you like what you heard and want to listen to previous ones, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. And make sure you leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.